Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini episode to help everyone with some quick listens to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Six ways to make strength exercises harder without adding weight. Today we are answering a great fan-submitted question on ways to progress exercises without just adding weight. This person told us they are working out at home primarily, and when they try to increase weight during strength exercises, their knees and back get sore. In this mini podcast episode, we are going to break down six ways to progress or switch up exercises to keep making progress that don't require stacking on more weight. What's up, everybody? We're going to break down some things that came about when somebody was asking about how they can make their program a little bit more challenging that doesn't always involve increasing the weight, right? So the background to this is that somebody reached out to me and said, hey, love the videos, love what you're doing. And a lot of times when I'm doing lifting, I don't really tolerate increases in weight well. It tends to bug my knees and it tends to bug my back, but also I'm doing more of a home-based workouts. And so I find that I don't want to just keep buying more weights. I can't really have more at my house. So what are some other things that I can do to make my workouts a little bit more interesting and fun and also have more variety in them without just being, you know, more weight, more weight, more weight. thought it was a great question. And I also think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Medical providers struggle with this. And then also sometimes newer strength coaches or someone who's coaching a sport sometimes doesn't know how to make things more challenging without only just bearing somebody in more weight. There's many, many situations where more weight is not what we want. We want to increase the range of motion for a sport like gymnastics, right? Or we want to increase the density for some other demand related to like metabolic performance, something like that. I'm going to break down some of the ways that I do think it's the best way to go about it and kind of share some examples that might be really helpful for you. So you can kind of have some more tools to think about what you're doing and when you're programming, not always about like, okay, five more pounds, five more pounds, five more pounds. And this is general, right? We're going to talk about generally stuff, not specific sports. Every sport has their own specific needs. So we're not going to break down exactly what would go into that and take a while. But with that being said, the most obvious way we could do this, right, is we could increase the reps, right? We could increase maybe if we were doing sets of five on a four by five back squat, we could increase the reps to seven to have more actual tonnage moved in those working sets to have the increase and total volume that you would do, right? So reps are pretty much the easiest one that people think about. Maybe we're doing more sets and reps together. So instead of doing three sets of 10, we do four sets of seven, right? And that kind of increases the volume total, but doing the same weight, maybe you do a warm up weight and then three working sets at a harder weight would be maybe different than just going set, you turn up the intensity with weight, turn up the intensity with weight, right? We might not always want to go more and more weight. Reps are the easiest one. One that I don't think is as commonly thought about that I think is actually really, really good for a lot of people to do is range of motion, right? So range of motion is a fantastic way to increase the amount of tension or the difficulty that an exercise has. And I think the best example of this is split squats, right? So split squats by themselves are a fantastic exercise, right? But they're very challenging. So instead, what we might do is we might elevate someone's front or back foot, right? So we could do a front foot elevated foot split squat where we put the front leg up maybe on two inches of riser mats or maybe on some sort of a plate. And that increases the amount of motion that has to happen for the front leg. Conversely, do a rear foot elevated split squat, right? So maybe that back leg goes up on a box or on some sort of a couple plates and it gets the back leg to be a little more extended range of motion, more stress on the front of the hip and a deeper range of motion. If you really want to go crazy, we could do a bilateral elevation, right? We could do the front and the back foot could be elevated. And man, if you've ever done bilaterally elevated split squats, they are very, very tough, significantly harder than a split squat. 20 pound split squats versus 20 pound bilateral elevation is very, very different. That's a great way, especially in sports that I work a lot in like gymnastics, ballet or rhythmic gymnastics or aesthetic sports, circ and stuff like that. A lot of times they don't want 
want more weight, more total weight moved because they don't want to be super, super sore. But doing extended range of motion might be a really good way to transfer over to what they need in their sport. But also a lot of athletes that are sprinting athletes, running athletes, they also can benefit from maybe the range of motion increase, not so much the actual load increase. I love that one a lot. I find myself very frequently using that, increasing the step height of a box when you step up and step down a little bit lighter weight, but you're getting more tension under the, the glutes and the hamstrings at end range. There's a lot of other options we can do here, right? Somebody might progress from a landmine press to a half kneeling dumbbell press, and that range of motion is slightly more angled. A lot of different things we could do here, right? A deficit push-up is another example as well. So different things to think about. The third thing down here, when we think about how we're going to pair this up with maybe the range of motion, right? We might increase the tempo and we might add a pause. So what this does is it increases the time under tension, right? Forgot my parentheses there. Time under tension is increased when you add a tempo or a pause. So you could probably do, say for example, a front squat, right? You could do a five by five front squat with, I don't know, hundred pounds one week, but the next week you could do a three second lower with a one second pause at the bottom, right? There's two, there's a lot of good benefits to this, but two of the major ones are one, more time under tension, it's more metabolic strain, it's more time to be lifting that load so it's more demanding, but then also it increases the amount of end range technique that you need, right? So when you front squat really low and you gotta hold that position, maybe like an isometric hold, you're reinforcing that end range mobility in that good position that we kind of want to have. So a lot of people are great for this because they don't tolerate more load because they're maybe a little deconditioned, they haven't worked out in a while, or they're a little sensitive to load, they have an old injury. Instead of just doing more load, we could increase a tempo and a pause, reinforce those bottom positions or reinforce some of those end ranges like a tempo pause bench press. That's a really great option to do for people. And I think sometimes people really enjoy that more so than just hammering on more load. Typically a little bit more joint friendly if the person can do that safely in a full range of motion, can maybe modify the range of motion as they need. I love that option as well, right? Another one we could do over here, we could actually not even think about the working time, we could decrease the rest, right? And this is gonna get somebody a little bit more on the metabolic side. We get strength gains primarily by either like load and hypertrophy from the amount of force that goes through it, causes more muscular damage over time. But we can also get metabolic damage if we do a lot of high density or low rest sets, right? Blood flow restriction training is something that's getting a little more popular now. One of the reasons that works is because it doesn't really allow you to have a huge rest time, a lot of shorter rest windows there, I'm doing a lot of volume in a very short period of time. So it builds up acidity and metabolic damage versus maybe doing like lighter volume with heavier loading typically causes muscle damage through the actual force you move and the load you're moving. Reducing the rest, maybe instead of taking four minutes between heavier squat sets or something like that, you can take two minutes in between, keep the weight a little bit lighter and just pull things down. You can obviously lift that load more consistently, but it's going to be pretty hard to turn that time around really well. Or similar to that is you could increase the density of a workout by maybe pairing things together. So maybe when you would normally do like a five by five of a straight set, well, maybe now you might do a 1A, a 1B, and a 1C where you have your squat, right? And then two more exercises below. So you could do something that keeps the body moving, keeps them moving, and it's a lot more demanding. So maybe instead of just like set of five squats, rest, set of five squats, rest. Maybe it's set of five squats, set of eight push-ups, set of 10 dead bugs or some sort of a core exercise, right? By keeping them moving, you're gonna probably make things a little bit more challenging because you get a little more of an active recovery, but you could also just increase the density of the squats themselves, right? You could do a six by five. You could do something that's more intense. Sometimes the same load with more working sets is very, very easy way to be challenging, or you could just squeeze more in a workout if they're looking for overall difficulty of their session, right? Squatting volume going up would obviously be specific to the movement versus overall volume up would be going based on their actual goal for their program or whatever they're working on. So some people with health related goals typically do better with just increasing the volume of what they're doing in an hour versus spending a lot more time resting and kind of doing stuff where they're just kind of hanging out. So that's another really good way to do it. Lastly, the other one that's pretty popular is you could also increase the total volume you've done as I just talked about, but you can also increase the frequency, right? So by adding more exercise to someone's program, but keeping the weight the same or not moving it up too much, you're going to make that challenging for the athlete or person you're working with. Then you could also just add in an extra day of training, right? So maybe you have an A, B, 
split day program for a couple weeks. You just do it two times a week because they're new, but maybe you toss in a third C day and you give them a little bit of a program balance. Or maybe you do repeating A and B days for two weeks. They do an A day, a B day, light load day with some mobility or some soft tissue stuff, or maybe some, you know, just accessory work. And then an A and a B day again, they take two days off. Another really great option to do there as well. I think this is helpful for people though, because sometimes again, we get stuck in the rut of thinking that more weight is always the answer. But sometimes as this person submitted in their question, the joints don't handle that pretty well. They start to get cranky or irritable, or sometimes it just doesn't feel like they have the equipment, the space, or the time to do that. Try to think about these things as well. Think about reps, range of motion, tempo, and pauses to add in. Think about some reduction in rest time. Think about some density and also maybe some volume and some frequency. Play around with those in your own program and see which ones you like, but then also try to play around with some clients or some people that you work with for athletes or PT, medical side of things, and AT or Kairos, whatever you are. Try to play around with those and see if those are maybe better options for their sport than just doing more load all the time. I will say there are times when more load is definitely the answer because if they have a capacity issue or like a force overload issue, it's why they got injured, particularly in the medical side, where they need more force to produce more speed and power. Yes, you might have some issues where intensity really is a thing, but in this circumstance, someone's working out at home, just wants a little bit more variety. This is a great option to kind of play around with these variables. Hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll see you in the next episode. Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. Let us know if it was helpful and if you have any suggestions of what you'd like to learn about next. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just wanna let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests do you wanna have on in the future? And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it. And uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.